0: Last week in a video while talking about, you know, the problems that Biden has, and of course, comparing them to the problems that Trump has and the threat that Trump poses, I got angry. I got angry at the terminally online left. The people online say, well, I'm just not going to vote because I don't like Biden's policy on this, or I don't like his policy on that. I'm not going to vote. It pissed me off. Um, and, and I got a very passionate monologue out of it. Well, at least one viewer not so happy about it. So I got this comment here from uh, user Sunnernight, who says, hello there, Farron. Love your content. I know you've been telling us to stick it up and vote for Biden over Trump, even though it's only primary season. My question is how do you reconcile the fact that most States aren't holding democratic primaries and the people don't get a choice. Why don't you use your voice to fight, to let voters choose until then you have no right to tell us who to vote for not telling you who to vote for. I didn't tell you who to vote for in that, uh, dialogue the other day, I was specifically calling out the people who say, I'm not going to vote, but here's the thing. And this is why I wanted to address this question while I'm doing these Q and A's. You say that I haven't called out the democratic party for not holding democratic primaries. That's not true. I have done many videos Where I have called the party out for that. I have done plenty of videos where I have openly said, I wish Biden wasn't the democratic nominee. I still wish Biden wasn't the democratic nominee. And here's the thing. When I did that video the other day, that was the 400th video that I have done this year in 2024. I've now done over 430 videos. I do more than 60 videos per week between this channel, fair and balanced and ring of fire. So when you say like, oh, you haven't talked about this issue. Yes, I have. I'm doing hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of videos per month across two different channels. And listen, I'm not expecting you to watch every single video I do to know every single thing that I say. I mean, that's impractical. But at the same time, if you're not watching every single video I do across both channels, you can't accuse me of not covering an issue again, especially this one, which I very clearly have many, many times what the democratic party has done with the democratic primary is BS. It's stupid. And I don't like it. I am not a cheerleader for president Biden by any stretch of the imagination. I didn't want him to be the nominee in 2020. I was praying that he wasn't gonna win for reelection or run for reelection. And when he did say he was gonna run, I thought, okay, let's let, let's have the primaries. I've said that repeatedly, let's have the primaries. I was prepared here in the Florida primary to go and vote against him. But if he is the nominee, which he is gonna be, because as you point out, they're not having primaries. It isn't fair. But even if we had that primary right now with the candidates that are in the race right now, I would vote for him in the primary because the people I wanted to run, didn't run. And out of the options we have right now on the democratic side, even if we had primaries, I still think Biden's better because Marianne Williamson is out of the race. And I, I don't think Cenk Huger is going to be able to actually stay on the ballot. Uh, you know, he's not a naturally born citizen. That's just the way that works. And I like Jenk a lot. I really do. I don't agree with everything he says, especially recently, but it is what it is. So here's the thing, I get your frustration that you may not have heard me talk about those things, but just because you didn't hear it doesn't mean it didn't happen. And yes, if we go into November and the choices on that ballot between the viable candidates are Biden and Trump, I'm vote voting Biden. If the election were held today, I'm voting Biden. So you can do whatever you want. As I said in the video, I just don't like the people saying, well, I'm just not going to vote. I'm not going to vote. That's what pisses me off. You can't look at all of the problems in this country and then act like, well, nope, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to participate. That's what pisses me off. And I see too much of that online and I'm trying to spend less time online on, on Twitter or X or whatever the Frick it's called. I don't care anymore. I don't care about so many of these other opinions anymore. I live in a state that is actively oppressing women, oppressing minorities, oppressing the LGBTQ community. And that is what they want to do on the national stage. And I am going to use my voice and my platform to fight against that because I see it. I have experienced, even as a white guy the repercussions of that. And the repercussions I've felt have been minuscule compared to the actual people who are being targeted. And I am going to do what it takes to not let that happen on a national level. That's why I got pissed off the other day. And that's why I'm pissed off now. But again, I appreciate your kind words. You love my content. I, I love that. Thank you. And I've seen your questions before in in these Q and A's, but again, hundreds of videos a month. So just because you haven't seen it doesn't mean I didn't address it and doesn't mean it didn't piss me off because I am pissed at the Democrats for what they've done. We deserved a better choice. But at the end of the day, we get what we get and we will have to make that choice between Biden or Trump. And I know which one I'm going. Donald Trump's recent comments about he, how he, uh, would not stick up for NATO countries. And in fact, would encourage Putin to just invade countries that weren't paying what Trump felt was their fair share to NATO has gotten a lot of world leaders worried about what would happen in a second term of Donald Trump. And it's not just hypothetical worries. Would he do this? Could he do that? They remember what happened in his first term too, where he basically treated them all like garbage. And instead, cozied up to our enemies like Vladimir Putin and Kim Jong Un. That leads me to yet another question. This is from uh, user Brendan O'Sullivan eight one zero five. Brendan O'Sullivan asks, "Hello, Farron. I live in South Australia, and I have been observing the tragedy that has become American politics. Since the court seemed to be the last bastion of democracy in America, and the rest of the world is watching America marching steadily towards some sort of major violence between itself." How does the Republican party think that tearing everything down will make America great at all? The allies are terrified of the spectacle and the enemies are salivating. This does not bode well for those of us who are tied at the hip to America. Um, thank you for your question, especially from Australia. Um, we actually, uh, surprisingly enough, this is totally off topic, um, both here and at Ring of Fire have, have fairly large, uh, to my astonishment, audiences in Australia. So that's great. Um, I love that. I hope to visit there one day. I would love to, but to your point reports have come out recently, even before Trump's NATO comments, telling us that world leaders across the globe are terrified actually of both Trump and Biden, to be fair. You know, they're, they're, they're not exactly thrilled with president Biden getting another four years in office. So they're not happy about that, but they are scared of having Trump. And that's because as you correctly pointed out, our enemies are salivating Donald Trump cozied up to the dictators and yes, Vladimir Putin is not the president of Russia. He is the dictator of Russia. If you say a bad word about Vladimir Putin in Russia, you will be falling out a window within a week's time. Same thing with Kim Jong-un. You don't fall out of windows over there. You go into the three generations of punishment. If you're not already there, you are not allowed to talk bad about these men because they are dictators. And Donald Trump is overly friendly with these people. He bows to them, quite literally. He loves what they have done, he admires their style. He also is totally okay if they want to take over another country. He's not going to stop them. Hell, as he said, he may encourage it. We have agreements. With our allies, most of them obviously in Europe, but that's not where it's limited to. We have agreed to protect these people. We protect them. They come to our aid when we need them. That's the agreement. That's the arrangement. We have multiple treaties with these countries, actual, real legal treaties. And Donald Trump has shat all over them. And if he gets back into office, the fears of these foreign leaders are, are valid because it's not just by the way that he'll let our enemies overtake them. It's that he may side with the enemies and may join in. And even if that doesn't come to fruition, we still of course have the economic problems because Donald Trump's team, his campaign team has already proposed a worldwide tariff of about 10% on every foreign good from any foreign country coming into the United States. So it doesn't matter if it's a good from China, there's going to be a 10% tariff or a good from Canada, just hopping across the border, 10% tariff. That's going to devastate the global economy. Not just in the United States, it'll hurt us really bad here, but it will hurt everyone. So even if his foreign policy isn't a disaster, you know, if he doesn't get the opportunity to make it a disaster, he's still promising economic disaster for our allies. And when you put both of those together. I don't think there's anybody outside of the United States not named Vladimir Putin or Kim Jong-un that actually wants to get Donald Trump back in office. Donald Trump recently told rally goers in South Carolina last week that all of these mental gaffes that he has, whether it's saying that Barack Obama's the president of the United States or that Nikki Haley was actually in charge of security at the Capitol on January 6th, he told the crowd that all of those mental gaffes are totally intentional. He's doing it on purpose because he's being, as he said, sarcastic and the media is just taking it and running with it. But even if he can explain away his mental gaffes, which nobody's buying it except for his cult members. What he cannot explain away are the violent borderline psychotic outbursts that he has both in person and on social media. See another one of those actually happened last week. Seemingly out of nowhere, Donald Trump got on truth social in an all caps rant, just laying in to Adam Schiff, calling him names, accusing him of being responsible for all the horrible things in the United States. And it came out of nowhere. Like Donald Trump was sitting at home and he became like violently irate about a man who, who hadn't engaged him at all. And he goes and he feels the need to do this. It was psychotic, as I said. And that brings me to my next question. This is from user L 90 O C seven R B seven W uh, name just rolls right off the tongue there. It uh, says, why isn't Trump in a straitjacket in a padded cell in a prison for the criminally insane yet? Now <laughs> that's a, that's a pretty straightforward question. Why has this not happened? <clears throat> it hasn't happened technically because Donald Trump has not actually been evaluated by a licensed mental health professional. Um, if he were to sit down with a psychiatrist, you know, somebody with, with a, a PhD and say the things that he says on truth, social in person, I have no doubt that that psychiatrist would recommend an involuntary 72 hour psychiatric hold. Trump's mental state is very fragile. I mean, there is a good part of me that does think this man should be in a padded cell. Absolutely. Part of me thinks that, but the other part of me often wonders, is this all a show? Is this real or is this just him putting on this act? You know, this seemingly out of nowhere, psychotic tirade against Adam Schiff. Had he actually been planning that or did it just something click in his brain and he had to get the violent thoughts out because obviously that's a dangerous individual. But if it's something calculated, if he's thinking about it for a while, he says, you know what? I know Adam Schiff's running for Senate. I want to take him down because he did piss me off over the years. How do we do that? Let's strategize. Let's come up with something I can say to just really get under his skin. That's not insane. That's not something you would be locked away for. But what concerns me the most about Donald Trump's mental health versus Biden's mental health is that there is a world of difference and the media wants to both sides it. Okay. The media wants to say, well, they're both kind of old and forgetful. Yeah. Biden is old and Biden is forgetful and his forgetfulness, I do believe is due to his age. Does it happen to everyone at that age? Absolutely not. There's plenty of people older than Biden who don't have those issues. It affects people differently. There's people my age that are just as forgetful. So it doesn't even have to be that you're in your eighties for it to happen. But Biden is forgetful. Trump has psychotic outbursts. Which, 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 one is worse to you? The guy that forgets a couple things or the guy who has unpredictable fits of rage. I I think the forgetful guy's a little bit better than the rage man, right? I mean, Trump's just, you know, one post on truth social away from just hulking out on us and destroying a city. And I do think that that is a symptom of something wrong with him. Obviously I'm not a mental health professional. I cannot diagnose him, but I think I wish he would sit down with somebody so they could, Cause right now all the mental health professionals can do is offer evaluations based on his posts on Truth social and what he says in the media and at his rallies, but nobody's had the chance to sit down with him. And I'm pretty confident that if they did, he'd probably be locked away for at least a couple days involuntarily until they could find out what the hell is wrong with his brain. Maybe that ends up with him in a padded cell, or maybe the rest of the country looks foolish for thinking it. I'm willing to bet we wouldn't be looking foolish after that evaluation. So the other day I talked about the fact that Donald Trump's super PACs, his make America great again, incorporated, and of course his save America PAC are almost out of money. And according to a report from Bloomberg, they are on track based on what's coming in versus what's going out, if all stays constant, they will be bankrupt by July. So Trump's campaigns will be out of money because he's blown nearly all of it on his legal fees. But there's another part to it. The other part is that Donald Trump now has legal judgments against him for hundreds of millions of dollars so his super PACs going bankrupt are not even his biggest problem. His biggest problem is that he personally might also have to file for bankruptcy before this year's election. And that brings me to the final question of this Q and a, this is from, uh, Pedro de Paca 57 who asks, hope you have a good break. I'd like to know if the orange Oompa Loompa goes bankrupt can he run? And if he wins become the president? Well, the answer is yes, obviously to that, obviously there's no financial requirements on who can be president. You know, you could be completely penniless and still win and serve as president. You know, your financial situation has no bearing on winning the election, which is a good thing. We don't want that. We don't want only billionaires being able to run, but could Trump be penniless by the time we have the November election? Maybe it just depends on what he has in fluid assets, which obviously, uh, with the New York fraud trial ruling, we're going to find that out pretty soon. You know, he's ordered to pay a lot of money and the court, as this thing kind of fleshes out, you know, it's, it's obviously fairly new. They're going to have to go through all of his assets. They're going to have to figure out, does he have enough cash to pay this? Do we have to seize some of his assets and sell them off to pay the fine? He still owes Eugene Carroll now $88 million. And if he wants to appeal either of these things, he has to put a decent percentage of that in an escrow account. So he has to have at least some of the cash on hand to do it. And if he doesn't, he has to start selling properties, assuming the court doesn't seize them from him and sell them off for well below what they're worth in the meantime. Donald Trump is only successful in politics because of the billions of dollars he amassed both in cash and in, you know, just general net worth through his businesses. So if we go into this election and Donald Trump suddenly becomes a guy that has nothing, what does that do to his base? right? What does that do to the people who've looked at him and said, now there's a man's man. There's a man who can make a dollar selling a ketchup popsicle to a lady in white gloves. What if he loses it all? Then what? I know plenty of them will say, well, it's because they took everything from him. He sacrificed everything. I love him so much. But there's going to be plenty who look at him and say, well, wait a minute. There's only a couple hundred million dollars. He's allegedly worth billions. Why can't he just pay it? Obviously he lied about how much he had. So the courts were right. So this guy's just a total fraud. There will be so many people having that realization. Don't get me wrong. There's going to be plenty that say, oh, well they took it all from him. I feel so bad. Give him the presidency. But those are people who would vote for him anyway. If he ends up having to file for bankruptcy, if he loses everything from his super PACs and from his personal bank account, I don't think there's a chance in hell that he could win the election. And to be honest, there is a somewhat decent chance that that is the scenario we're looking at within just a few months. for listening to today's fair and balanced daily stay up to date with all of our content by finding us on youtube at youtube.com slash fair and balanced and follow me on twitter facebook and instagram at fair and balanced